بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم لا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله الذي العظيم الحمد لله رب العالمين وصلى الله على سيدنا ونبينا أبي القاسم المصطفى محمد وآله الطيبين الطاهرين وسيما بقية الله في العرضين أجل الله تعالى فرجه الشريف اللهم أخرجني من ظلمات الوهن وأكرمني بنور الفهم اللهم افتح علينا أبواب رحمتك وانشر علينا خزائن علومك برحمتك يا أرحم الراحمين. One more issue is remaining from Unit Three, and that is about Seal of Prophethood, Khatm al-Nubuwa. That actually connects us to Unit Four, which is Imama. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has provided humanity with two major ways of guidance. I say major because there are other also ways of guidance. You know, for example, through instincts, we get some guidance. But the two major types of guidance come from reason or intellect, and the second is revelation. This would leave no ambiguity, no chance for someone to say, we didn't know. Quran says, this is in order to make sure that no one would say, why God didn't send us prophets and messengers to guide us? People would have no hujjah. Or Allah say, why you didn't send us a prophet? If you had sent us a prophet, we would be following him. Now Allah says, I have sent you prophets, not only one prophet or two prophets, 124,000 prophets. To all nations we have sent messengers. So, Allah provided humanity with reason and revelation. But, because in the past there was no communication technology like today. So you could not have one prophet in one place and expect everyone in the world benefit from his teaching. So you had to send to all corners of the world prophets and messengers. Even one country, you know, what was happening in part of that country maybe was not known to the people in another part of the country, certainly for continents. So Allah sent to all nations prophets. Also, another problem was that they were not able to preserve the texts, the scriptures which were given to them. They were not, you know, printing equipments or even writing, you know, was not very common for some people. They didn't have libraries, they didn't have, you know, archives. So sometimes the message was lost. And sometimes also there were people who deliberately tried to distort the message for their own interest. So for example, if Allah said something is prohibited, then they added 
is not prohibited. <laughs> just so that they can do what they want. I'm just joking. But, you know, can they change for their interest. So, there was a need for sending prophets to remind people of the message which was lost or the message maybe has not reached them has been given to another people so message had to send be sent to them and sometimes the conditions of life dramatically changed so there was a new sharia needed so it's not that every prophet brought a new sharia but sometimes sharia had to change because conditions of life have changed so this is another reason for having different religions different prophets different books different sharia but for sure this does not need to continue till end of the world that god sends prophets and sends sharia and sends books if few things happen then God can stop sending prophets. And here, you know, you have to be economical. So if you can manage to guide humanity by 124,000 prophets, you shouldn't send 124,001. Okay? Because sending prophets, sending revelation is like an intervention. And this intervention should be remaining to the minimum. Okay? Because people should be able to follow normal ways of understanding, normal ways of receiving guidance. If we ask Allah, keep sending us prophets and books and revelation and keep Jebrail you know, coming to us till end of dunya, this means we have not reached the level of maturity. A good school is the school that for some years provide you with teachers, but then make you self-sufficient. If you say, until I die, I should have a teacher standing on my head, this means that you are not learning. You are becoming too much dependent. So, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala guides every generation, but is at the same time guiding humanity as a whole. So, humanity is evolving. In the time of Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Humanity reached the point that was able first to be addressed by God in its most comprehensive way and its most profound way. If you were going to send Quran. To earlier nations, they would not have maybe understood or appreciated. You give the best thing at the last. You know, if you have a party and you have several surprises, which surprise you give at the end? The best one. If you are not wise, you give the best one at the beginning, then after that things become, you know, insignificant. So you have to keep surprising people by, you know, giving them something which is higher and higher. Okay, so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kept his greatest message and greatest surprise for humanity till they were able to receive it at the last. 
and also they were able to preserve it. It is not something we collect. If you ask any person in the world who is, you know, familiar with this field, how many scriptures have remained in the world? How many scriptures? There were many prophets. All Abrahamic religions share a list of tens of prophets. How many scriptures have remained? Quran is the scripture that has remained from cover to cover. Torah has remained, but there is discussion whether this Torah is exactly the same Torah which was revealed to Prophet Musa because in the same Torah talks about the death of Musa. So how can this be exactly what was revealed to Musa? This shows that this is something that at least partly was written after. And our Christian brothers and sisters, they say that Jesus was not given gospel. Now we say there was angel, but they don't even accept that there was angel. They say Jesus himself is revelation, not that he was a prophet who received revelation. So they deny that there was a book at all. And they say these gospels are reports, accounts about the ministry of Jesus written by those four. And those four, of course, were inspired by the Holy Spirit. But they don't say these are scriptures <laughs> given to Jesus. They say there was no such scripture given to Jesus. So the Christians themselves don't accept any book was given to Jesus, let alone claiming that this book is available. If you tell them that Jesus was given a book, they say you didn't understand Christianity. That's Old Testament concept. That was the era before Jesus when God used to send prophets and scriptures. In the New Testament, in the New Era, God reveals himself to humanity by sending his son. So they don't accept there was such a book. So we have Psalms of David, which is very much also respected by us. We don't know exactly how much of it is, you know, exactly what was uh, related. But this is not something about Sharia. It's just like du'as, some supplications, some psalms. There is no comprehensive scripture remaining except the Quran. So this is something that as an empirical fact can be examined. In any case, humanity reached a point that has been able to preserve their text the scripture to understand and to be given the opportunity to find out with the principles given, with the framework given, answer and solutions for new questions. We don't need a new Sharia to come. We just need to apply what we have been given to the Quran. Uh, we have been given the Quran to the new questions. Halalu Muhammadan halalun ila yawmil qiyamah. Wa haramu Muhammadan haramun ila yawmil qiyamah. We are not going to be in need of any change or any new law. But you may say, how we can 
understand the Quran properly and how we can draw from the Quran answers for all our questions. This needs great knowledge. Say, okay. God has another plan. God says, now you don't need any new revelation to come. You don't need any new prophet to come. But you still need infallible presentation of revelation. So I provide you with imams. <coughs> so you have to be economical. We don't need any new revelation. We don't need any new book. But we still need infallible presentation of Islam. So we provide you with imams. But be aware that as soon as we feel that even without imams you are able to survive, we withdraw imams also. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala gradually trained us by first reducing contacts with imams. From the time of Imam Jawad, the contacts were reduced. Then in the time of Imam Hadi and Imam Askari, the contact of the Shia with the Imam was reduced. Then in the time of Ghaybat al-Sughra, the contact was reduced. Then in 329, the Shia are now to survive by referring to their ulama. So first with prophets, then imams, then ulama. Who are ulama? Ordinary people like us, but who are able to understand the teachings of Ahlul Bayt and Prophet, and based on that to understand the Quran. So this is a sign of progress. This shows that you have reached that level of understanding <laughs> that you can follow the same path of guidance without being even able to ask your questions from prophets or from imams. At the same time, it's a test also. You know, imagine if you have children that they are so committed, so responsible, so understanding that you can leave them alone home and travel. Are these children better or the children that you have to be always with them? And always, you know, telling them, do this, don't do that. Which children are better? If you have students that even if for one day or few days you don't go to school, but you have given them instructions, and among them they have one senior, he says, you know, this is the lesson that we have to study, these are our homeworks, they do everything themselves. Are these students better or those that you have to watch them all the time? And even if you, for one minute you go outside, they start you know, making noise and fighting. Which one are better? Uh, those who have reached the level of maturity and commitment that they can do it by themselves. Imam Zainul Abidin Ali Salam said to Abu Khalid al-Kabuli, that the people who are waiting for Imam Zaman, of course, it means actively waiting, not passively waiting. You can passively wait, you can actively wait. Those who are actively waiting for Imam Zaman and believe in his Imamah are 
afwalu ahl kull zaman they are the best, best people of all times why لان الله because allah subhanahu wa ta'ala اعطاهم من العقول والافهام والمعرفه ما صارت به الغيبه عندهم بمنزله المشاهده الله has given them so much of understanding and intelligence and knowledge that for them seeing imam and not seeing imam doesn't make difference ghayba and mushahada are the same if they see imam telling them to do something or if they don't see imam but they understand what to do these people are much better than the people that when imam tells them what to do they do it and when imam is not there they don't know what to do And compare it to the people in the time of Imam Ali alayhi salam, that even when Imam was telling them to do something, they were not doing. Who are better? The people of Kufa, that Imam was there telling them what to do, and they were not doing. And people in Akhirul Zaman, that Imam is not directly talking to them, but they know what Imam wants from them, and they do it. <coughs> Which one is better? Which one is better? That's why they are afdalu ahli kull zaman. So, plan of Allah for humanity is that they should always have sufficient guidance. But it's evolving. A step by a step, they have to learn how to use the guidance given to them already so that we reduce the amount of intervention from heaven. Okay? So, first we stop sending them new revelation second we stop having them access with imams and they have to just themselves learn the methods and techniques even time of ghaybah there are two levels in the time of ghaybah to sohra minor occultation there were four people that one after the other were specifically chosen by imam because if it was left to people to choose, maybe it was too early for them. So for uh, from 260 to 329, for 69 years, Shia were trained how to get used to refer to someone other than Imam. But to give them some help, that person was chosen by Imam. After 69 years, then Imam doesn't choose it specifically gives quality. It says you have now to choose. Imam Asghar said, Whoever from Fuqaha who is protecting himself from doing anything wrong, you know, he's obeying Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Four qualities he mentioned. He says, then the Shia have to follow him. Or Imam Zaman said, When new issues come, refer to the people who tell you and teach you our hadith, our teachings. So it's a gradual evolving or evolutionary process. And inshallah, Imam Zaman would come in the end of time not to take us back to the time before Ghaybah. 
No, to take us further. When we manage to solve problems that we have in our personal, familial, community life, Imam Zaman comes to help us to solve universal problems. Imam Zaman doesn't come to teach us how to say prayer and fast. He comes to teach us how to establish social justice and equity all over the world. And therefore, he needs people that show their commitment to observing laws of Sharia. They are already muttaqi, and they have already shown their capacity to solve their own local problems so that they can help Imam with sorting out universal problems. Otherwise, you shouldn't think Imam Zaman would come and still, you know, in our community, in, I don't know, in Northwest London, in Midland, in Dwaram, there, you know, we have problems. Imam Zaman then should come, you know, and spend hundreds of years solving the problem of Shia and then Muslims. No. When we demonstrate to Imam that we are able to solve our local problems, but now we need someone to help us to go beyond and help humanity, then he would come. Otherwise, it would be a sign of digress, not progress. So, this is the discussion about Khatmul Nubuva. So, we believe that Prophet Muhammad وسلم, was the last messenger and the last prophet. ما كان محمد صلى الله عليه وآله أبا أحد من رجالكم ولكن he was not father of any of your men he is رسول الله and he is خاتم النبي رسول الله وخاتم النبي he is messenger and the last prophet the last prophet has to be also the last messenger because messengers are also prophets so the last نبي is also the last رسول What is Khatam? Just in two, two three minutes, inshallah, I finish. Khatam in Arabic means ma yukhtamu bih. We have khatim and we have khatam. Khatim is isma fa'il. means something that, or someone that finishes. Khatim means the one who finishes, or something that finishes. But khatam is something by which you finish. So it's for instrument or for an agent by which you finish. Okay? In Arabic, when they wanted to finish a letter to show that the message is complete and also maybe perhaps so that other people would not be able to add anything to it, they used to put a seal at the end of the writing and normally they had it on the ring so there was a something written for example the name or you know their motto whatever and when the letter was finished they used to seal it so because they used to use that seal as a kind of ring so ring is also called khata. Okay, because it was a seal. 
Some people who wanted to deny that the prophet was last prophet, they said khatam doesn't mean seal. Khatam means like a ring, something which is beautiful. Prophet was a kind of adornment, a kind of zina for prophets, but not the last one. Because they wanted to claim that they are themselves prophets. So they said he was not the last one. He was zina, not the last one. Or, you know, for example, a person claimed to be a prophet. They said, Rasulullah said to Imam Ali alayhi salam, Antamenni bi manzilat Haruna min Musa illa annahu la nabiyya ba'di. You are to me like Aaron to Moses, but there is no prophet after me. He said, no, you didn't understand it properly. Prophet said, Ennahu la nabiyyun badi. La is prophet after me. I am la. My name is la. <laughs> they wanted you to play with the words. Prophet said, la nabiyya badi. There is no prophet after me. He said, no, the prophet said, la nabiyyun badi. La is the prophet who comes after me. Or, for example, you know, there was a lady who said, I am a prophet. He said, the prophet said, La Nabiya Ba'di. He said, yes, I am Nabiya. Female, La Nabiya. The prophet is a La Nabiya Ba'di. He said, La Nabiya Ba'di. No man comes to be prophet. So, these are, you know, childish arguments that some people wanted to bring to say we are prophets. But it's very clear from the Quran and from the Hadith, from Sunnah, that there would be no prophet after Prophet Muhammad sallallahu alaihi wasallam. Inshallah, we continue discussion uh, of the book for Imam next inshallah session. Alhamdulillah, Rabbil Before we open up for questions and answers.